This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Your Radio Doctor and their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. Your Radio Doctor does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, products, physicians, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on Your Radio Doctor. Always consult your own physician. Today's program has been pre-recorded. I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars, Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. It's time for the Delaware Valley's first radio doctor. On call every Saturday afternoon at 5. This is your radio doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Listen, seven months or ten months is an absolutely exceptional, exceptionally short time frame to produce this vaccine. Your health determines your life, your longevity, and your happiness. Let your radio doctor lead the way with your medical education. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Good afternoon and welcome to your radio doctor. I'm your host, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. A very important topic which we covered before is oral health. But today we welcome a very special guest to discuss advances in the field of orthodontics. More than just a beautiful smile, Treatment can lead to a well-aligned, stable bite and overall better oral health. From the University of Pennsylvania School of Dental Medicine, we welcome Dr. Norman Boucher, a clinical associate professor of orthodontics who also has specialty training in periodontics, which addresses diseases of the gums, dental implants, and special training in the study of the temporomandibular joint, which we know as TMJ, as well as the study of the tongue, swallowing, and speech, a beautiful comprehensive overview of oral health. Dr. Boucher has served as the Chief of Orthodontics at Jefferson. He's held many leadership roles in national societies of orthodontics, and he now teaches at the University of Pennsylvania, as well as a private practice in Wayne, Pennsylvania. Welcome, Norm. Uh, Thank you for the introduction, Marianne. I'm happy to be here. Uh, So how would you like to get started? Well, I think I was fascinated after speaking to you. I, I actually was quite spellbound. Um, but I think it might be interesting for our listeners to hear a basic history of the practice of orthodontics and how it all came about. So, uh, first of all, orthodontics was the first uh, real specialty uh, in dentistry. And that occurred uh, when Dr. Angle. Mario, Mario, uh, or two others. When Dr. Angle. Um, created uh, the first orthodontic school, and that was at the uh, roughly 1900-1901. And since then, uh, there there have been very significant changes, particularly in the last, uh, I'd say the last 30 years. Um, uh, And that was brought about uh, primarily uh, because our diagnostic approaches have become much more sophisticated. Uh, Roughly 25 years ago, um, we uh, began having access uh, to uh, images that are called CBCTs. 
Uh, and those are really forms of CAT scans. Uh, they're low resolution images, uh, but what they allow us to do or what they allowed us to do was really uh, to look at bite relationships, jaw relationships, um, not only from a two-dimensional perspective, uh, but from a three-dimensional perspective. So if we go back in orthodontic history, uh, up until about 30 years ago, um, it was very common for um, uh, treatment in braces to also include the extraction of teeth. Um, and we still do that to some extent, uh, but one of the things that has occurred as a result of evaluating not only the front-to-back relationships of teeth, uh, but also the width relationship of the tooth arches, as well as the, 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 the jaw width, particularly the width of the palate, uh, is that um, we, we now treat in three dimensions. We incorporate uh, expansion uh, of the bony tissues as well as the, as the teeth um, for many of our patients. And the result is that uh, although we still extract teeth in certain situations where it's really the preferred approach, uh, it's not done nearly as frequently. Um, you know, going back in my career, uh, when I began treating patients, uh, tooth extractions occurred roughly 30% of the time in, in most orthodontic practices. Uh, at this point, um, maybe 3 to 5% of the patients that I see on an annual basis uh, really benefit from tooth extractions. So it's, it's gone forward in, in, in big, big ways. Uh, the other thing that's happened with the types of images that we're taking now uh, is that the scope uh, of our diagnosis and treatment has increased substantially. Uh, it used to be about teeth and about jaws. Um, now our diagnostic responsibilities, including um, uh, the, the, you mentioned the temporal mandibular joints. Um, the, we have very clear images of joints now since uh, some of the images that we take um, are, are forms of CAT scans, we can isolate uh, the joint structures um, and, and basically determine if they're positioned properly, if the shape is normal, if the soft tissue between the bones is normal. Um, and it's, um, it's allowed us to do our orthodontic treatment and the work that we do with braces um, in a, a more effective way with uh, more stable results um, and, and ultimately with healthier uh, temporal mandibular joints. Mm -hmm. So for our listeners, if I, we try to recap, that was a beautiful explanation. Until maybe 25 years ago, even when I was a, a young girl, uh, I remember the dentist saying when I was about 13 or 14, you know what, your teeth are crooked, let's think about uh, braces. So maybe, well, that's more than 25 years ago, but back in the day, we would start talking about braces uh, children 12 to teenagers 15, now you're, you're beginning screening at age seven. And you said, I think I understand that uh, you mentioned about 30% of the time, I had four premolars removed, wish I still had them. Um, but the idea was your teeth are crowded, let's remove those uh, sort of early molars and we'll have more space to rearrange your crooked teeth into a beautiful U shape. But from what I understand, now, if you look at a child and say, here's the shape of this child's upper jaw, I guess, or mandible and their maxilla, with the new, before we had 2D x-rays that, that showed us 
sort of vertical and horizontal. Now you can measure with the 3D studies the jaw width. And you say, let's put an expander. People will have heard the expression a palette expander or a spreader or a spacer, I guess. And mm-hmm. it, it, it sort of convert, sorry, <laughs> convinces that upper jaw to get wider and more U-shaped. So is that part of the reason why you don't have to extract the teeth well, uh, so often anymore? Well, first of all, I think you articulated this uh, very well. I think you captured uh, you know, the main issues. Um, and uh, your orthotic experience it was basically how I treated most of the patients that uh, I saw uh, early in my career. Um, and the demographic at the time uh, in most orthotic practices was primarily uh, individuals that began treatment once all the, 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 the permanent teeth were in, and that included the 12-year molars. Now, some children had them a little bit later, some had them a little bit earlier, uh, but typically we would wait until all the teeth were in. We'd do measurements, and as you mentioned, the measurements were really front to back. We treated a lot of protrusions, a lot of underbites, We treated deep Mm. bites, and and we treated what we call open bites. Uh, But there was very little attention paid to the the way that the the back teeth related in terms of the width. Um, There was a condition back then called a crossbite, when the teeth were totally Mm. in a crossbite relationship, that was easy to diagnose. Um, And and that uh, was managed with a palatal widener, palatal expander. Um, now, <clears throat> the difference today, however, is that most individuals that have a narrow upper jaw don't really have a dental crossbite. What happens is that nature uh, allows the permanent teeth to come in in an adapted position. So the lower back teeth will lean inward to reach with the narrow upper jaw, and the upper back teeth frequently lean outward to reach with the, the lower teeth. Um, uh, and that avoids a crossbite, but it's still an upper jaw that proportionately is too narrow for the lower jaw. So what we do in orthodontics today uh, is that we, uh, we will correct the narrow palate, make it normal, and then we remove those tooth abnormalities. Uh, we call that we, we remove the tooth compensations so that ultimately we have a good functional bite in the back of the bite as well as the front of the bite. And I think that's what people need to hear, that there's a whole science. It's not just, it's great to have a more beautiful smile. It gives a young person, an adult, more confidence. But if your bite is not aligned, you're going to run into TMJ later, grinding, uh, wearing away, I would think, of your teeth at an earlier age. But the beauty of your background, Norm, is that you also understand diseases of the gums and you don't want your gums to wear away too early or your the bone bone loss and all those things that that your role is more than just as we said straightening teeth but providing i guess proper function and position of the upper and lower uh, jaws because you want them to move freely side to side as well right and that's part of the beauty of that joint uh, um better aesthetics but also yeah. it, it leads to a, a lifetime of better oral health and oral hygiene. Yes, I, I, once again, I think you summarized it very well. Uh, we certainly want a nice smile. We want an aesthetic smile. We want a perfect alignment of upper and lower front teeth, uh, but we also want a very good functional result. Uh, you know, to say it as simply as possible, uh, when the bottom teeth meet the upper teeth, we need a solid landing area. We need enough contact in the front, enough overlap of the front teeth, 
so that no matter which way the, the jaw goes during jaw motions, during chewing, during clenching or grinding, uh, that uh, the front teeth protect the back teeth. Um, and that's really the responsibility of an orthodontist at this point. Um, you know, of all, you know, if you think of people that go through dental school and end up either practicing as, as a family dentist or general dentist or in different specialties, um, my feeling is that orthodontists probably play the largest role in terms of matching up teeth and improving the prognosis, the long-term prognosis of bite stability and bite function. Well said, Norm. Let's take a little break and we'll be right back with Dr. Norm Boucher and orthodontics. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, exclusively presented by Independence Blue Cross. If you have a question for the medical mailbag, just send a note to doctor at yourradiodoctor.net. Hi, I'm Dr. Denny Carice, Chief Science Officer at Recovery Centers of America, and I'm here as your addiction expert. Today, I want to talk about addiction and how to evaluate if you might have a problem with drugs or alcohol. People often say to me, I think I might have a problem with drugs or alcohol, but I'm not sure. I hate to say this, but if you think you have a problem, you probably do have some type of problem. I mean, when's the last time you said to yourself, I think I might have a problem with broccoli, right? But if you want to see whether you meet the actual diagnostic criteria for a substance use disorder, which is the correct term for addiction, there's 11 symptoms we look at. Ready? First, are you using in larger amounts or for longer periods of time than you planned? Second, have you tried and been unsuccessful to cut down? Third, do you invest a lot of time obtaining, using, or recovering from use? And fourth, do you have cravings or really strong urges and desires to use? Number five, has your continued use led to difficulties at work, school, or home? And number six, have you continued to use despite frequent personal or social issues that your use has made worse? Seven, have you decreased or eliminated participation in social, job, or recreational activities? And eight, are you using in situations where it could be physically hazardous? Number nine, do you continue to use even when you know you have a medical or psychological problem that's caused or made worse by your use? And ten, do you need more drugs or alcohol to achieve the same effect? That's called tolerance. And finally, eleven, do you have withdrawal symptoms when you stop using the substance? And it's not just a yes or no answer. If you have two or three of those 11 symptoms, you meet criteria for a mild substance use disorder. Four or five symptoms qualifies you for a moderate substance use disorder, and six or more, and you meet criteria for a severe substance use disorder. If your loved one has a problem with alcohol or drugs, call 1-888-RECOVERY today or go to recoverycentersofamerica.com. We answer the phone and admit patients 24-7. That number again is 1-888-RECOVERY. I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars, Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. Are you in 
excruciating pain brought on by your son, daughter, or spouse suffering from addiction, you are not alone. If you call Recovery Centers of America today at 1-888-RECOVERY, your whole family can begin to recover. At Recovery Centers of America at Devon and Lighthouse, your loved one will be treated with care by expert addiction professionals, while family programming will give you support and healing so that you can recover as well. RCA accepts insurance, provides transportation, and offers intervention services. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. When we ask questions, we make sure they're the big ones. Like how can the healthcare industry earn the trust of patients? And what if your health outcomes and access to care weren't defined by your skin color, sexuality, gender, or zip code? At Genentech, we're removing barriers and partnering across the medical community to make clinical research as diverse as the world we serve to ensure communities have access to health care. Learn how we are working to make health care more equitable at gene.com slash askbiggerquestions. And welcome back to your radio doctor. We're learning so much about all the aspects of orthodontistry with Dr. Norm Boucher from the University of Pennsylvania. Norm, I want to revisit the, the great information you provided. 30 years ago, we'd start screening uh, baby uh, tweens and teenagers, 12, 13-year-olds, when you're waiting for the big girl, big boy teeth to come in. Now you look at children at age seven. We start screening at age seven. Let's talk a little, a little bit more about that. Well, the, the basic guideline for the, from the American Association, Association of Orthodontics uh, is to consider having your child see an orthodontist at age seven. Now, uh, that typically is a screening evaluation. Uh, very few children need treatment at age seven. Uh, we have an opportunity and a window of time to treat very young kids very effectively uh, when uh, typically young girls uh, begin treatment at age nine and a half and boys typically at age 10 and a half. And these are the children that have issues not only with their teeth, but on the the proportions of their jaws and the relationship of one jaw to the upper jaw, to the other jaw. There are things that we can do orthopedically uh, to modify growth. We can certainly modify a narrow palate, make it normal uh, if we begin at the appropriate age. Uh, a typical nine and a half year old female and a 10 and a half year old male uh, will have two bones that basically are, are, that join in the center of the palate. And those, those two bones are connected by a, an elastic tissue, a, an elastic connective tissue. Uh, so what the expander does, it basically distracts the two bones, um, stretches the connective tissue, and then new bone fills in. Uh, so with kids that need palatal development, uh, treating them in what we call the mixed dentition, when they have some of their permanent teeth and some of their baby teeth is ideal. Now, beyond that, uh, there are some children uh, that have, um, that have fairly significant issues, not only related to the teeth and the jaws, but in terms of their breathing. For instance, one of the things that we always ask kids when they come in, for, or parents when children come in for consultations, is whether they snore at night. Um, and if an adolescent snores at night, that is diagnostic for um, adolescent sleep apnea, pediatric sleep apnea. And um, one of the approaches to treat early sleep apnea is to normalize the width and the shape of the palate. Now, uh, many of these children also have large adenoids and tonsils. Uh, and sleep apnea in children, we know now, is very different than sleep apnea in adults. 
with adults, it's a, it's a totally different disease. With kids that have sleep apnea, it's usually an inability to breathe properly due to, to very large adenoids and tonsils. So one of the things that, that has happened in our world of orthodontics is that we have a very close relationship with ENT specialists. Um, I refer a lot of my patients to uh, pediatric ENT specialists so they can, they can have sleep studies, they can have their breathing evaluated, some of them are put um, on uh, medication to improve nasal breathing as opposed to mouth breathing. Uh, so one of the things that parents really should look for and watch very carefully is how their kids sleep. If they're gasping at night, if they're snoring at night, uh, if they're breathing primarily through their mouth as opposed to breathing through their nose, uh, they really should be examined. And seeing an orthodontist is not, not a bad place to start. And you raise a good point because I think if... Uh... And if a child reports they're having nightmares, if your oxygen levels drop because you <gasps> stop breathing, you, you get a fight or flight reaction. Um, I know I have sleep apnea myself and I have some pretty vivid mm. dreams. And I, I know now mm. that I wake up with my heart racing mm. because somebody's following me to my car or something in my dream. Yeah. And I wake up and say, no, I'm home. I'm fine. And so yeah. if a child says they have vivid dreams, it's not always just because they're anxious. Maybe that's something that should go into the parent's mind. So so what we're learning, and you explained it so beautifully, Norm, is with this new um, imaging, and you've studied it extensively, even with the, the uh, mm -hmm. temporomandibular joint. If we think of uh, the disc in between the two bones as a brake pad, and if that disc is disturbed, it can lead to pain or chewing and uh, eventually TMJ disease, a dislocation. The newer imaging can mm -hmm. identify it. So you as the orthodontist could be proactive and say, I'm watching the seven or eight year old develop in a certain way um, and we can jump in. And then I love your team approach. You work with the ENT docs, oral surgeons, um, in, uh, rehab doctors that, that work mm -hmm. together. Oh, very, yeah, we actually work with a, a variety of people in different aspects of healthcare at this point. Um, you know, before I leave the children, um, when we take these low-resolution scans, uh, we, we basically capture the entire skull, um, and we can see different aspects of the airway. Uh, we can see the inside mm -hmm. of the nose, what we call the nasal cavity. Uh, a lot of children have a deviated septum and can only breathe out of one nostril. Um, and we can also see an image the size of the tonsils, the size of the adenoids, uh, and that's when typically referrals mm -hmm. are made. Uh, and it's just, it's amazing. I mean, I've had many parents come back from having seen an ENT specialist, having been treated, uh, and they say that the changes with their child's, their, their children or their child is, is really Good. remarkable. Um, one of the things that happens uh, with disturbed sleep uh, is that these full arousals or micro arousals uh, really result in a child waking up uh, sure. unrefreshed. Uh, they... Uh, the, and uh, there's, there is a very good long-term study with a large group of children that showed that uh, uh, these kids tend to uh, have more difficulty at, at school. Uh, they, their attention span is shortened. They tend to be mm. hyperactive. Um, so there are some very real consequences to poor sleep for children. I'm sorry, they could probably be labeled, mislabeled with ADHD and other behavioral labels when in fact it's something fixable. And uh, it's it's really great for people to be hearing this. Norm, I want to jump ahead yeah, just yeah. for a moment, if I may, because I think mm -hmm. people would love to hear your explanation of the mm -hmm. pluses 
of the various ways to move uh, a person, a child or an adult, we're going to talk about adults too. Uh, what are the various tools available for moving teeth? I know you talk about clear liners or the more traditional brackets. Yeah, yeah so clear, clear liners have been um, a, a surfaced about 20 years ago, uh, and they, they've dramatically changed our, our profession. Um, there isn't an orthodontist that, that that's practicing right now that doesn't have a deep understanding of what we can do with clear aligners. Now, the issue with clear aligners is that when they first uh, came on the market, um, we, we, uh, it took a while for um, our specialty to, to fully understand what they can do and what they can't do. Uh, the conclusion at this point is that aligners are a great tool. Uh, we can really move teeth with aligners. Now, having said that, they're, they're also not a panacea. There's certain things that we can't do with clear liners. Uh, so uh, the challenge uh, for an orthodontist is, first of all, to diagnostically determine the most appropriate treatment plan. And once we determine the most appropriate treatment plan is to uh, present uh, the least invasive but the most effective uh, course of treatment. Now, for some patients, it's, it, it's, it's still regular braces. For other individuals, they can have a very good correction with an ideal outcome uh, with clear aligners. Um, and then there are others that uh, really benefit from both. I mean, there are many people that we're treating now in practice where we begin with clear aligners, we do what we can with the clear aligners, uh, and then when we reach an end point in terms of you know, correcting overbite, correcting protrusions, matching up the back teeth, uh, if, for instance, we were 80% uh, of the way in terms of achieving an ideal outcome, uh, then we finish with braces. Uh, so, you know, I, I think many of our patients appreciate the fact that uh, they, they end up not in braces as long. Um, in terms of their overall health, uh, it's certainly much easier to brush and floss without fixed braces. So, you know, in a sense, I, I think it makes the whole experience uh, um, better in terms of, of that aspect. And, um, the, uh, th there's no turning back. Uh, my observation has been that aligner treatment has slowly improved um, uh, over the years. Uh, and at this point, uh, I think it's becoming routine in orthodont for an orthodontist to basically com combine various techniques uh, without resulting in compromise. Now, I will say, however, that uh, there is one aspect of aligner treatment that, that I do find troubling. Uh, and that's the direct-to-consumer product. Mm. Um, and uh, the, the question uh, that uh, uh, we need to address is whether those individuals are really properly monitored uh, and carefully monitored by a professional. Um, I, I know that I've had a few people come in for further consultation uh, that began with that process and, and, um, and ran into some difficulties. Uh, so that's that's sure. worth considering. Yeah. Yes. It's like people, I'm a GI doctor. It's like people go to the drugstore buying their own acid reducing meds and say, hey, I feel better. And maybe they feel coincidentally better because they've cleared an ulcer, but they're also missing esophageal cancer or something. You have to be uh -huh. under the guidance of, because I would think too, and you said this so clearly the other day, we can pick up after the break, but that the clear liners might be good for somebody who has a mild to moderate problem. But if somebody has uh, a more severe problem, they might get a better result with the brackets because with your with your newer imaging, 
you can fit brackets to within a millimeter. In the old days, you used a ruler maybe <laughs> to measure spaces between teeth. Now we have, we've gone, well, maybe not from the Flintstones to the Jetsons, but but it just sounds so wonderful that the precise nature and, and every bracket, you're not using stock brackets anymore, right? You have these beautiful imaging yeah. that says, well, add a millimeter here, take a millimeter there, and your result's going to be better. But then, as you say, some people you go a certain uh, amount of time with the liners and you finish off those nuanced areas with the brackets. So it's really good for people to hear that you individualize and, and make every case customized. Let's take a little break and we'll be right back to learn more about orthodontics in 2022. Today's edition of Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross, can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere, at your convenience. Just download the Odyssey app and search Your Radio Doctor. It's health education on demand. This is Emily Rubin, dietitian from Thomas Jefferson University Hospital and from the Academy of Dietetics and Nutrition, presenting you with your nutrition tip of the week. So let's talk about barbecues and cookouts. Summertime is, an, is all about cookouts. According to a survey from Weight Watchers, the average person eats could eat up to 3,200 calories at a barbecue. That sounds almost more calories that's consumed than Thanksgiving. So we want to look out for we want to look out for some of the really high calorie foods such as mayonnaise based products such as macaroni potato salad, hot dogs, hamburgers, ribs, chips, plus all those decadent desserts. The issue is these events can go on for hours, mindless grazing all day. But please don't turn down these invitations and also don't show up starving or skip meals in advance. Instead, choose these indulgent foods but just make smaller portions, it's taking a scoop of each of your favorites, potato salad, macaroni salad, and just having one serving. Maybe skipping the bun on the burger or the hot dog if you're choosing other desserts that have carbohydrates or high in sugar. And the other thing is use smaller plates that will make the portions look bigger. You can also plan ahead and bring your own healthy side to share with everybody if it's your own version of a, of a potato salad or fruit salad or any kind of um, fruit even for dessert. So when you're grilling, some of the leaner meats to choose are ground turkey breast and skinless chicken. You can also do 93% lean ground meat. Fish is, is, is a really important part of our healthy diets. Try grilling salmon, tuna, or steam some clams for a low-calorie protein-packed dinner or even lunch. <laughs> Summer is also the ideal to get the freshest catch of seafood from your local grocer. On the other hand, and when you're trying to build a burger without sacrificing the, the taste, trying a whole wheat bun and, again, using the lean, the lean meats and actually top instead of topping with mayonnaise, try topping with pineapple, wasabi, guacamole, or even low-fat regular cheese or feta cheese. Most importantly, you want to socialize with your friends and family. I also focus on that summer is only three short months. So mindful, balanced eating is a lifestyle, not a diet. Remember, moderation is key and view food as something to fuel your fun activities. Focus on the memories you're making with your friends and family and not the number on the scale. This is Emily Rubin, dietitian from Jefferson, presenting you with your nutrition tip of the week. For more information, go to yourradiodoctor.com. 
I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars, Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. When you have orthopedic issues, you need a physician who eats, sleeps, and breathes orthopedics. You need an exceptionally specialized Rothman orthopedics physician. They not only specialize in orthopedics, each Rothman physician only focuses on one area of the body, which means you can have confidence that you can get past pain and be what you were. Schedule conveniently online at RothmanOrtho.com. That's RothmanOrtho.com. Are you in excruciating pain brought on by your son, daughter, or spouse suffering from addiction? You are not alone. If you call Recovery Centers of America today at 1-888-RECOVERY, your whole family can begin to recover. At Recovery Centers of America at Devon and Lighthouse, your loved one will be treated with care by expert addiction professionals, while family programming will give you support and healing so that you can recover as well. RCA accepts insurance, provides transportation, and offers intervention services. Call 1-888-RECOVERY. Now, When we ask questions, we make sure they're the big ones. Like when it comes to diseases, can we strive to treat, prevent, and even reverse them? And how can we make healthcare more effective and more affordable? These are the types of questions that can help impact the lives of so many patients, that help push the boundaries of innovation and healthcare for all communities. At Genentech, we are the pioneers of the biotech industry, tackling some of the biggest questions in healthcare. Learn more at gene.com slash askbiggerquestions. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, now Saturday afternoons at 5, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. And we're so happy to have Dr. Norm Boucher here to talk about all things related to orthodontistry. Norm, we were talking about uh, in our conversation the other day, this is really the golden age uh, to practice orthodontistry, maybe the last five or 10 years, with these advances in digital imaging and also the use of uh, digital studies to make custom brackets and and mm-hmm. uh, li- the uh, aligners. Tell us about that, yeah. if you would. Well, yeah, I definitely would like to expand on that because... Uh, the, uh, as orthodontists, we've, we've really benefited from the digital revolution. Um, you know, up until five or six years ago, um, if we wanted to create a mold of the teeth to create what we call study models, oh, yes. uh, we use the, the cake well. mix type of material. It's called, it's called alginate. Yes. Some people tolerated it very well. Others did not. Um, and at this point, uh, we, you know, we have a wand that, that goes over the teeth mm. and takes thousands of digital images that are stitched together uh, to make a, what we call a digital model. Um, and that, that is part of, a, of a, um, a file, it's called an STL file, that we can export to different laboratories um, in order to make appliances. Um, so, or we can take the same SDL file, send it to one of our printers, and, and print the study models in-house. Um, now, the result is uh, not only much more convenient from a patient's perspective, but it's much more precise. Um, when I look at teeth now, I used to look at teeth that are you know, the size of teeth. And now I can project the teeth in my computer, blow them up 10 times, 
and really clearly see how the teeth fit together. Uh, we can rotate the teeth, look at them from behind, from the front, from the sides. Uh, so um, it, it really has moved very strongly in, in, a, in a favorable direction. Now, the, the other big change that has only occurred in the last uh, several years uh, is that uh, the braces that we're using now can be customized. Uh, so when we, when we take these digital scans of the teeth, they can be sent to a laboratory. Um, and uh, there are several services that will actually create a brace that fits exactly to the shape of the, of the tooth and teeth of that individual. Uh, up until um, prior to this development, uh, we all used braces that were bought from, from a dozen different vendors. They're all actually quite good, mm -hmm. uh, but it was essentially what we call a stock bracket or a stock brace, and it was a one-size-fits-all. Mm -hmm. um, at, at this point, uh, when the braces, when these custom braces come back from the laboratory, they're also placed in a custom printed tray that fits right over all of the teeth at once. It's called... Um, uh, direct bonding, um, and that gives us the ability to put the braces in a in a, a very in the exact position that's necessary to move them to the best possible outcome. Um, occasionally, we still have to to put the braces on you know one at a time and, and basically you know try to position them as accurately as possible. But the digital version is is actually a big improvement. Um, uh, the the outcome is not only more precise, uh, but I think that the result will be less time in braces uh, when we do use braces. And there's no question in my mind that over the next 10 to 15 years, this will be the standard of care. Uh, I don't anticipate that we'll be turning back. Um, so when you visit a typical orthodontist now, um, the your experience could, could begin with 3D imaging for very thorough diagnosis and then the scan of the teeth to create digital models uh, that could be sent to a laboratory for dozens of different types of appliances. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really, uh, it's moved very, very strongly in a favorable direction. What a beautiful explanation. So I guess that brings up my next question. Are you seeing more patients at an older age who are requesting uh, braces at a later point in life? Because uh, we had a conversation the other day and we agreed that with every decade, our teeth become even more important for our nutrition. Into our 70s and 80s, we're living longer genetically. We weren't, our ancestors didn't live to be 80 and 90, and um, we're living longer. Uh, and losing teeth, as you say, is unacceptable, which which is a great mantra. Um, and you're seeing more patients, uh, say, beginning in their 50s, even up to their 80s. Tell us about that, if you would. Um, well, the uh, there, there's no question that. Uh, uh, adults are requesting more treatment uh, than ever before. Um, uh, I'd say that in general, in dentistry, the standard, standard of care uh, is, is much higher than when it was when I entered dentistry uh, several decades ago. Um, you know, I'm proud to say that uh, we as dentists have been very successful in uh, largely eradicating uh, tooth decay. Um, and we have much better control over periodontal disease or gum disease. And now the, ex the expectation of the average layperson, the average individual, is, that, uh, is to be essentially keep their teeth for their lifetime. Tooth loss, um, when I was a young dentist, was almost accepted as a part of aging. Mm. Uh, in, today, in today's world, that's absolutely not the case. 
Um, tooth loss is a big, 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 big factor for, for many people. And most people are motivated to, to do whatever it takes to avoid this. And they'll seek care from their, their family dentist, or from, from a periodontist if, if they're susceptible to gum problems or periodontal problems. And they also want uh, a nice smile and they want uh, a stable bite. Uh, they want to function normally, uh, which goes back to your question. Um, is it uncommon for adults who, even adults who were previously treated as adolescents, uh, to seek further orthodontic care? Absolutely. Uh, the reality is that, uh, you know, our genetically, uh, we're really programmed to live three or four decades, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it's only in the last, you know, the, the last few hundred years uh, that uh, our lifespans have extended into the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. Um, and um, if we want our, our teeth, you know, and, and what we refer, refer to as our dentition to last a lifetime, uh, it not only requires uh, maintenance, uh, but uh, we, 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 we have to maintain proper function. Um, so going back to the issue of, uh, you know, what's more important, aesthetics or function, I would say that in terms of longevity, uh, the teeth have to fit properly sure. in order to last long. And as uh, I was saying to you earlier during the break, my mother and dad always used to say, take care of your teeth, die with your own teeth. And now I understand that as, as I get older and I, and sometimes my own dentist uh, points out that with, with age or middle age, we have a mesial shift or our teeth start to crowd toward the center. Maybe not everybody's at the same rate, but I thought, oh boy, wouldn't it be cool to get Invisalign or, or one of those. But, mm -hmm. but in my own mind, I thought, gosh, I have osteoporosis. How strong is my jaw? Is that part of it? Should a person who's over say 50, uh, have any other kind of evaluation before they dive into getting, um, uh, you know, either brackets or or the uh, aligners? Because my are we more likely to lose teeth in the process? Now, luckily, if somebody were to see you, you have extensive experience with periodontics, so that is the person. So I'm loading up the question, but for a person who's older considering it, I I would think they'd want to see a periodontist first. Am I right or? Well, it's absolutely uh, essential um, uh, for adults uh, that the, the gum tissues be completely healthy. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the children that I treat, unfortunately, they're all good kids, but unfortunately, a lot of them don't brush. They don't floss as well as they might. Uh, so there's something that we talk about throughout treatment. Uh, but the reality is that children uh, can develop a, a superficial gingivitis. The gums mm -hmm. are inflamed. There might be a little bit of bleeding. Uh, but uh, there's minimal to no loss of bone. Now, the same amount of bacterial plaque in an adult um, uh, uh, can result in a deeper problem and an infection that's more deep-seated that can affect the bone surrounding the roots. And if uh, that is a condition, when we begin remo removing teeth, uh, the outcome is that we'll ex exacerbate the problem. Uh, so for all adults, they need a clean, a clean bill of health from a periodontal standpoint. So your suggestion uh, of maybe uh, seeking a consultation with a periodontist prior to beginning orthodontic treatment is, is a very good suggestion. Uh, now, the other part of it is that it's also the orthodontist's responsibility uh, to do a thorough periodontal examination. Uh, so... You know, we, it's, it's, it just takes a little bit of time, but we can go around the, the circumference of every tooth, 
check for areas where there might be some areas of, of, uh, of inflammation. Uh, we can check the mobility of teeth. Uh, we can check for areas of recession. And many adult patients are subsequently sent to a periodontist uh, to be treated prior to the, uh, to the process of orthodontics. But if the gums are healthy, there's really no contraindication for someone in their, their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, or 70s. I've actually had uh, uh, several uh, individuals in their 80s um, hmm. come to see us to correct certain forms of bite collapse uh, so that they can, they can have um, some restorative dentistry done. Um, the, um, so the demographic in most orthodontic practices includes a significant portion of adult patients. Yeah. Sure. And, and I would have, guess how have, much... Sorry. We haven't broached into the area of the jaw joints, the TMJ. I was just going to um, say, I know myself, that's why I first thought about getting braces because yeah. I had very bad TMJ that seems to come and go. But sorry, tell us about that. We have about a minute left. Well, uh, clenching and grinding is not uncommon. We all do it. Sure. Um, and it's sort of a normal activity. Uh, usually occurs at night when we're sleeping. But some people have daytime habits. Uh, but there's a, cer a certain threshold. And if we go beyond that threshold in terms of the frequency and the intensity of the clenching and grinding, it can actually cause the bite to collapse. Mm. So you mentioned earlier that uh, you know you had a conversation with your dentist about uh, the lower front teeth or lower front teeth uh, uh, beginning to overlap. Well, that's typically due to a problem in the back. Uh, mm. If your jaw if your jaw muscles were more active than they they should have been uh, at night during particularly at night during your sleep, your back teeth collapse forward and towards your tongue. And as the back teeth collapse forward, there's a domino effect in the front and the lower front teeth tend to crowd. So the term that we use with, with uh, you know, front teeth that begin to overlap like that is that it's related to posterior bite collapse. Well, uh, that's which, reassuring, Norm. I, I'm going to take a break here, but if, if my shifting is because my jaw is too active, my husband would say it's because I talk too much. <laughs> well, that, that, might, that, that might be an issue. <laughs> Let's take a little break and we'll be right back with Dr. Norm Boucher. Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie is presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Hi, I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars. That's Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some of these Medicare Advantage plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. And all plans include dental, vision, and hearing benefits with no co-pays for routine exams. Medicare's highest rating, Philly's most popular plan. Don't wait. Visit ibxmedicare.com star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement. 
When you have joint pain, you need a physician who eats, sleeps, and breathes joints. Someone so focused on their specialty, they've written the book on it, literally. You need an exceptionally specialized physician from Rothman Orthopedics. They not only specialize in orthopedics, each Rothman physician only focuses on one area of the body, which means you can have confidence that you can get past the pain and be what you were. Schedule conveniently online at RothmanOrtho.com. Official orthopedic partner of the Eagles, Phillies, and Sixers. Now, your weekly prescription brought to you by Genentech, the science-driven company that pioneered the biotech industry to transform how we treat the world's most complex health problems. And welcome back to our final segment of Your Radio Doctor. Tonight's topic is orthodontics. And this is our wrap-up segment called Your Weekly Prescription brought to you by Genentech. Dr. Norm Boucher, you've been a wealth of information Tell us, what are your take-home messages for our listeners? Well, I would say for, you know, if you have a child and you're, you're you know, wondering you know, when, to, when to take that child to an orthodontist, uh, I'd follow the guidelines uh, established by our national organization, that's age seven. Um, I, without question, uh, would watch my child when they're sleeping uh, to, mm. um, you know, to address the issue of possible sleep apnea, which is... Uh, actually highly prevalent in the adolescent population. Um, the, uh, if you're an adult uh, considering treatment, uh, I would uh, uh, seriously consider going beyond the alignment of just your upper front teeth and lower front teeth and speak to your, uh, to your dentist slash orthodontist about uh, how your teeth are, are functionally related. Um, if you have jaw joint issues, uh, if you've had chronic headaches, if you've had pain in the area of your jaw muscles, if you've had uh, earaches or pain in the front of your ear, uh, that's definitely something uh, that uh, would be worthwhile bringing up with your dentist uh, and maybe even seeking a, an orthodontic consultation. Uh, there are a variety of appliances that will relax the jaw muscles and help with those types of symptoms. Um, and um, the last point is that, you know, beyond aesthetics, uh, if you have a bite relationship that changes over the years, there's something wrong. Um, because we, you know, we have the tools to maintain a stable bite. Um, and uh, when, when the changes begin to occur, uh, it really makes sense to intervene uh, as quickly as possible. Um, and uh, rest assured uh, that as long as your gums are healthy, your peritoneal tissues are are in a good state of health, um, you can, you can, we can have orthodontic care pretty well at any stage of your life. Uh, the goal, once mm -hmm. again, uh, is to uh, is basically to make the trip with your own teeth, uh, for your teeth to last a lifetime. Uh, and Marianne uh, made a comment earlier in our conversation about the importance of teeth as we get older. And one of the fundamental things that I firmly believe in is that with every decade of life, our teeth are more and more important for our health. Uh, so uh, that probably is the, you know, the, the, uh, one of the final take-home messages. Um, there is a very good resource uh, online uh, if you um, log in to the American Association of Orthodontics. Uh, if you type in aao.org, You'll go on to our national organization's website. Uh, they have a directory uh, that will give you some guidance as to how to find an orthodontist in your neighborhood. Um, 
uh, you, there's a tremendous amount of information in terms of different type of orthodontic problems uh, that, you, that may concern you, that you can identify if you go through the information on the website. Um, and I think you'll get some very good guidance that way. One last point about the specifics of our profession, and that is that uh, about 53% of orthodontists are board certified. The board certification process is, uh, is arduous. It requires a lot of study. It requires very good uh, training. Um, and uh, orthodontists that are board certified um, are, are well worth visiting and searching for. That's pretty well it, Marianne. Well, that's a very hopeful message, especially for, uh, you mentioned children with uh, obstructive sleep apnea. Perhaps that would be uh, a helpful tool for adults if there's any kind of uh, orthodontistry work or uh, jaw implants that would help with mm -hmm. their sleep apnea. And finally, if you're, as you say, if you have pain uh, in the TMJ area, but also, as you mentioned, when I said my teeth had shifted, if your teeth are shifting, that might be something that could be addressed by an orthodontist. So here's my last question, Norm. I'm a GI doctor and I do colonoscopy. You do dental work. If we were both to walk into a crowd of new people who didn't know us and we said what we do, from whom do you think they would run away more quickly? <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd win that contest. <laughs> I'd run away from you faster because you make it sound so pristine. And and I will say, when I visit the dentist, I have no fear anymore. The you know the little lidocaine paste, it's so much more comfortable, and uh, the advances are incredible. And you've shared super information that I think will drive people to get good advice. And that website again is aao.org, American Association of Orthodontics. Thank you so much, Norm. This was really wonderful. We appreciate you joining us. Marianne, it was a total pleasure. Okay, thank you for inviting me. And now for your real champion. I call this segment, Little Sisters of the Poor. Among other lessons from the COVID lockdown, we all learned to live with less. If you were in quarantine or isolation and you ran out of butter or milk, you used a substitute or did without. We couldn't gather with family or friends, so we learned to Zoom. And there was no reason to dress up, so we did less shopping. And truthfully, we didn't miss it. Even now, the doors have reopened, masks are off, you buy a new shirt or another piece of home decor, it doesn't really make you any happier. What we crave is coming together with family and friends and finding gratitude in every day of good health. Well, here's the remarkable story of a woman who had that wisdom long before COVID. Your real champion this week is Sister Veronica Susan, a little sister of the poor. So let's start with a little about the sisters. The French Revolution ended in 1799, leaving many of the French people destitute living in the streets. A peasant woman named Jeanne Jougan began working as a child, cleaning and cooking for others. One day she noticed a woman begging on the street and was so moved she carried the woman home to the bed in her tiny attic apartment. Jeanne never slept in her own bed again. She focused on the elderly because she believed young people could rebound. And as she brought more people in, she needed money to support them. So she became a beggar for the beggars. She found joy in the gift of hospitality for the poor and elderly, and soon other women joined in her mission. By 1839, Jeanne Jougan formed the religious order of Roman Catholic nuns called the Little Sisters of the Poor. 
The order grew to 13 cities by 1869 that came to Philadelphia. Well, 100 years later, a young girl named Susan, a teenager in the Midwest during the tumultuous 1960s, was a happy middle child in a family of eight children that was faith-filled and hardworking. She completed a degree in dance and phys ed at Indiana University. Influenced by the unrest of the time and not finding direction from the church, she moved to California, began a new life, and taught in a private school near San Francisco while earning a master's degree in psychology. But she became more and more curious about a nursing home across the street from her school and began to volunteer there. Gradually, she realized she wanted a change. She was attracted to working with the poor elderly and wanted to devote herself to a hands-on mission. She wasn't necessarily looking for the religious life, but she wanted to move away from the world of bureaucracy and found absolute joy in just being there to help these precious people because their longevity helps all of us last for other generations. Susan entered the convent in 1980. After two years as a novice, she took temporary vows, more time in the field and studying doctrine, she completed her seven years of training with final vows in France and took the name Sister Veronica. Today, the little sisters serve in over 30 countries. They offer a home to the neediest of the elderly of every race and religion, caring for them with dignity until God calls them at the end of life. They value each person as unique and celebrate the wisdom of age, serving with humility and compassion. Money can't buy this kind of care. In recent years, the sisters have coordinated with the federal government, which encourages the elderly to stay in home environments for health care. They've developed a health care wing with residents with more acute needs, and they partner with Bayada Home Healthcare, who provide assistance. They also have several small apartments and encourage independence with their support. Sister shared a special story about a man in a desperate situation living in a crack house. The sisters placed him in one of the studio apartments. Everything he owned was in one bag, and when the man entered his new home, he asked, which space is mine? He had never lived in his own home. Friends, these are humble servants who share the same mission. They put others' needs before their own and devote their lives to caring for the neediest of elderly people, offering them a home, sharing their suffering, and relieving their pain. They see life as a gift from God to be used for the good of all. We are all members of one family and should take care of one another. As a little sister, Sister Veronica finds joy in her role as a beggar for beggars. In the end, Sister Veronica said, the gift is not just sharing what you have, but sharing who you are. Then I knew it wasn't coincidence, but providence that her last name is Prophet. We salute you, Sister Veronica, and all the little sisters of the poor, your real champions. Learn how you can help. Holy Family Home is at 5300 Chester Avenue in Southwest Philly. Visit littlesistersofthepoor.org. Thank you for listening every Saturday at 5 p.m. here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Listen again wherever you find your podcasts or on odyssey.com, A-U-D-A-C-Y.com, and search for Your Radio Doctor. We thank our exclusive sponsor, Independence Blue Cross, and for support from Recovery Centers of America, Rothman Orthopedic Institute, and Genentech. Send us a story of a champion to info at yourradiodoctor.net. Great shows coming up, including one on the health of your pets, which reminds me, a very happy birthday to our adorable, loyal, lovable doggy, our beagle, Zeus Motorcycle Francis. They're all family names. He'll be 14 on Tuesday. This is your radio doctor. 
Dr. Mary Ann Ritchie, wishing you a happy, healthy, and safe week with the ones you love, and always here to remind you that your health is your wealth. Thanks for listening to your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. To contact Dr. Marianne and to listen to today's show as well as past shows, visit yourradiodoctor.com. This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Your Radio Doctor and their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program has been pre-recorded. I'm Lisa Thomas-Laurie. If you're on Medicare, I've got great news. Keystone 65 HMO plans from Independence Blue Cross have earned five stars, Medicare's highest rating for 2022. Some plans have no monthly premiums, no deductibles, and no co-pays for primary care visits and some prescription drugs. Don't wait. Visit IBXMedicare.com. Medicare.com/star. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Keystone 65 offers HMO plans with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in Keystone 65 Medicare Advantage plans depends on contract renewal. This is a paid endorsement.